Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Jennifer, Karen, Julia, Mary, Kevin, Robin, Jenny, Anna, Barbara, Susie, Diane, Stephanie, Terry, Erica, Jill, Joe, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E on.com. The link is also in the show notes. Now let's get to it. This is this. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. These are the judges' chairs. Here are the designers' chairs. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Want to get up in the runway? Yes. Oh. Come on, let's do it. Just being at Parsons, I am completely overwhelmed. Listeners, welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Ernez. And I'm Patricia. Yeah! So happy to be back with you all. Um, just a, re- a reminder, um, especially because of this episode, we love hearing from you. So please keep sending us all of your gossip, your rants, your raves, your your feedback, your your hot takes to us at in the workroom at gmail.com and that's i in the workroom at gmail and also come join us on instagram at the workroom podcast and on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the workroom and also to remind everyone that we have visual references for each episode and you can get those by clicking on the link in the show notes under cheat sheet <laughs> and again we are on patreon we have our wonderful patreon lovelies we're having a ton of fun over there and we are going through not project runway things and just recently uh we have released our bonus episode on next in fashion the rock story wait what yeah it's the rock it's about rock yeah episode six i don't even know how to how to lead into it so uh, patricia and i are over there <laughs> talking about next in fashion and then um upcoming next it'll be Nayland and i talking about the penultimate episode of a stitch in time the bbc sensation so all right um now let's get into this episode which is a super fan episode we're on episode 10 of our vintage journey into season 12 and so I remember watching this originally and being so mad because I had no idea that there was an open call for super fans and I'm watching and going like, I'm a super fan, but how come (laughs) I don't know about this? So I'm just like, well, am I a super fan? Like how much of a super fan am I? Um, I feel like now (laughs) I'm hoping that I would be better informed, but I wanted to be on this episode so bad. And so I want to ask any of you listeners, if any of y'all are these super fans, or if you know them, please let us know. Please, please. And also, if you send in an audition video, please, please 
let us know and oh also if you have a real if you want to send it to us and show us like oh my god i would love to know what you sent in and um so so what i'm talking about is Oh my God. So Tim introduces this um, episode because he says from his own mouth, this is my favorite challenge of the season because it's all about you, you guys, the Project Runway fan. And basically they solicited videos from us, the fans who wanted to come on the show. And what you had to do was explain why you needed a makeover. Just make the best argument. Why? And um, so we're, we're showing, we're, we're getting a lot of these videos and, um, I, I mean, I, I know I would have auditioned for this. There are just like, there's, there are moms in need of glamour. Um, there are students who are, or, or this, um, like, you know, mostly like people talking about like, listen, look at my life <laughs> or also look at all of my Barbies. I, there, one fan made a challenge outfit for all of their Barbie dolls and, I just was like, you know, I feel like that person I'm hoping was one of the people who actually got onto the show because that's some dedication. I also know that there are fans out there because I follow some on Instagram who will actually make their own clothes in response to each challenge. And um, I got to say, I'm just like, I'm, I miss a super fan episode. I don't remember if this is the only time they've ever done it, but it's so great to see in real life the people who watch the show <laughs> or at least like a sliver, a slice of us who are really, really, really into it. Um, and I know that for this season in particular, um, you know, there are a lot, like a lot of things that are changing and we've talked a lot about how dramatic the season has been. Um, but I have to say like, this was, I was, I just, I just love this. I love this. I love this idea. Um, Tim calls them Uber Duber fans. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our uber duper fans rolling around new york city in a double decker sightseeing bus and i realized that none of them are actually from new york city and at the time of this airing i was you know i was living in, in new york city so i'm just like oh i wonder if any brooklynites made it on or any manhattanites i don't know anyway um, at least the, the last round, uh, spoiler alert, no one is from the city, but there is a person who is from the state. So I think, yeah, we, we know oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. And our first stop is on this uh, double-decker sightseeing bus carrying our uber-duper super fans. It's Parsons! And Tim Gunn is waiting for them. And I, I just, I'm like, oh, even now I'm so freaking jealous um, all of them have their cameras and um, I wrote down their names as we go, as we go along, we're going to, we're going to be introduced to them as we go through, but I'll just say that they start pulling out their cameras and uh, are just wooing all over the place. Tim is thrilled to see them and also clearly doesn't want to disappoint them. They're like, Oh my God. So we're taking these uber duper super fans behind the scenes and we're kind of shattering that fourth wall. We're shattering the fantasy. And Tim's like, Oh, you know, I hope this doesn't disappoint you. This is a school. This is a real school. And here's our craft table. I, you know, uh, be careful with the craft table. And um, we have a shot of the crew following the fans. I'm just like, I bet this was the best day for everyone. Like, I, I mean, I'm I just having whooping fans who are no, normal people. If you want to talk about normal, I, I'm talking about normal. You're not involved with the production. 
Um, you're not involved with Hollywood. Uh, you're not used to any of this. You're also normal because you're not from New York City in a way. Because I feel like, I don't know, we see things being shot around New York City all the time. And so there's just some stuff where I'm like, okay, yeah. But um, but these women are so excited. And, and they're all women and or women presenting people. Um, but I have to point out that at the craft services table, Andrea, who is from Clearwater and is not a Scientologist, I figured that out. Like she's from Clearwater, Florida but she is not a Scientologist. I just kind of, you know, uh, surmise from that. Just a note to myself. But she takes one chip behind Tim's back and looks at him and it's like, I took a chip. I hope this is okay. I took a chip. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) any thoughts about this, this time of like showing, like showing the, the Uber Duper fans showing up and all this stuff, like anything? Yeah, I thought that, I thought that like this whole montage was really successful at showing the going behind the scenes of something you've been watching for by now, like 12 seasons and you're finally there and sort of the excitement and the sort of behind the scenes. Oh, here's how we move from the food table to the runway. Yeah. Right. And yes. I thought that was just great. Uh, yeah. Cause so they, sh- uh, so Tim is taking them on a tour of the set, which is Parsons and takes them to the runway and invites them to walk on the runway. They, they get to go behind the scrim. They just kind of get the whole, I feel like um, fan tour treatment. And I'm so glad it's Tim showing them around because um, I don't know. Tim is also really normal (laughs) in a sense, but also um, I, you can kind of tell uh, this is like a different mode of, it's kind of like Tim, if he got to teach some, kindergartners for the day uh where he's you know he teaches college level students but then it's like you get to go and play around with like the best five-year-olds and he's just like oh my god oh my god I'm gonna show I'm gonna like show them toys and do all this stuff and I'm not I don't mean that in a like a derogatory or infantilizing sense but I love that Tim was able to switch a mode into a mode around um, these these people who are so excited to be there um, in a place that is very new to them, but it's, you know, it's it's just the day for Tim. <laughs> and um, yeah. it's all these things that I would have loved to have done if I were able to go on the set. And like, I would, I would want someone to film me behind the scrim. I would want, to, <laughs> want someone to film me making my pose and then take a photograph, a still of me doing that. Like, I just had a list and they were ticking off all of the things on the list that I would have wanted to do i love it um i would want a selfie with tim and i would be like tim can we please have a birthday dinner or lunch or something together because we have the same birthday um, uh, okay. yes a uh, fun That's fact listeners can you say that one more time patricia <laughs> i share a birthday with tim gunn <laughs> i mean that's the perfect excuse i i feel like you could just even you know text him a day like you, you know you can find him uh send him a dm oh. and i'm pretty sure tim I've would be like oh dm never but a public like <laughs> happy birthday to you and me tim gunn has happened on my twitter account <laughs> oh i love it i love it oh man all right so um anyway so tim has them to gather around um, and it's so great. Like we have the, the, the lucky parts of the crew that get to follow the, 
um, the fans and not the designers. And we'll find out later. Um, but the, <laughs> so they're, they're gathered around because the designers have no idea that they're there. They are in the workroom kind of grumbling because <laughs> they're there, but nothing has happened. They haven't seen Tim. They probably haven't even seen Heidi yet. And um, Tim brings them down to the workroom, stashes them in the sewing room. And they're just like, oh my God, the sewing room. He's like, shh, shh. And I was like, I would have totally done that. Down. I'm like, we're in the brother's sewing room. And anyway, so they're hiding away in the brother's sewing room. And, um, and then let's see here. Tim goes into the into the workroom just as Kate. So he opens the door to the workroom just as Kate goes, "Ugh, you know, I'm going to just make something about like something on muslin. Like, ugh, where is everyone? What's happening? Like, Kate, they're all not happy. <laughs> they've, been, they've clearly been waiting for a minute. So Tim asks the designers to gather around. And he's like, so for this challenge, you will have new clients. And no one is as excited about this challenge than your new clients. And then they come in. And so the, the super uber, uber duper fans come in and, I, you know, there is no explanation. It's just kind of quiet. And the designers are just like watching these strangers walk into the workroom. And um, I feel like um, process of elimination. So usually when this happens, it's like, oh, um, are these family members? Um, is this, are they like related to the crew? Um, but the whole, uh, underpinning of all of those assumptions are, these are not our models. Um, these are people from all walks of life. And so this is the quote unquote real person challenge. <laughs> um, and so the designers are confused. Everyone's confused. And Tim says, finally, these extraordinary ladies are Project Runway super fans. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then Tim's like, they competed to be here. Each of them um, made their case and were selected for a makeover. And you are going to give them a full out transformation. So officially, this is the L'Oreal Paris Challenge because it's head to toe. It is head to toe. So, um, oh my gosh, we'll, we'll kind of get into this. So Ken, um, makes an uh-oh face. He is clearly freaking out because he said he's never worked with actual women before. Um, <clears throat> and I wonder, it's like, well, you've been, you know, we all know we've been, he's been working with models. So when he says actual women, uh, I think he means non-models <laughs> specifically. Um, and I thought, I thought here maybe he means actual models who Ken doesn't know because I feel like Ken has yeah. made a dress for a sibling, a, a relative, yeah, or, or a dress, some kind of garment, right? So I think that at this point I thought, oh, I think you mean just kind of random people that you yeah. don't know, <laughs> yeah, because or kind of outside of the industry. Yeah, I I totally agree. I don't know. Because I don't know if he did that before, but if you guys follow Ken on Instagram, um, he has made, like, amazing prom dresses for his relatives. I mean, stunning prom dresses. So I feel like, yeah, I, I, to I think that might be what he's he's thinking. Like, oh, this is a stranger. I don't right. I don't know strangers. So, okay. I, I don't have a store. This yeah. doesn't happen to me, yeah. you know. 
All right. So Tim goes, um, we have predetermined who's working with whom with a button bag, because of course, you know, I, you know, uh, we have to be reminded that the button bag has a contract and the best agent in the business. And so they are contractually obligated to mention that they did use the button bag, even though we didn't see it on screen. So, all right. So here are the Good contracts. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so here are the pairs. We have Justin, who's paired with Tristan. And we have Alexandria, who's paired with Stephanie. And Stephanie is a student, and I'm, that's, I might be just referring to them. I don't know. I don't know if you wrote down everyone's names, but um, I will forget their I names. I did, actually. I did, I did write down. Okay. Um, Would so you I like guess, me to tell? Yeah, I mean, I wrote oh, no. down everyone's names, but I might just describe them as, like, the yeah. people who they're the personas or whatever, but Steph, cause Stephanie will describe herself as a student. Um, Ken gets um, Susie. Dom is paired with Jane, Sarah. Helen is paired with Janie. Um, and she assumes that people in the workroom are jealous of her. Um, I don't really agree with this, but Janie, I'll describe her as being very tall and thin. Um, she, um, she's, she's almost and quite lanky. And I would say kind of gawky and nerdy looking as well. Yes. Glasses, yeah. super long hair. Very, like, very long. Like when I say just like the opposite, like when you think about style, like the opposite of style. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's who... not a bad thing. It's just not what people traditionally, it's not what definitions of style usually traffic in. It's not right. this image. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think, I, I don't think she looks bad, you know, yeah, same. at all. And, and no, like I'm not, I must, again, not saying this derogatory in a derogatory way. Like she looks like someone who just doesn't watch television and who didn't grow up with television. Just kind of like, kind of, you know, some, somewhere, but not really like, uh, what you just said, <laughs> basically, like not really piped into fashion. Um, and sometimes I feel like, I don't know, maybe Maybe sometimes people look at television, but like, wow, that's so out of my reach. I can't afford that, or yeah. I have no access to that. And this is how I look in my world because this is what's going on. Yeah, I wish I had access to look like the. I mean, the Matrix, you know, but not going to happen. Exactly. You know? So yeah. I, mean, I, I find this so interesting about fashion, just the internal world of like how we desire to see ourselves and express ourselves versus hmm. how we negotiate. Um. When, when, in, when, how we negotiate that when there's no access to those things or, yeah. or how we recreate, how we create that for ourselves in other ways. Yeah. Which is something that I think is great about this because she, Jamie clearly has a television cause she's a project runway super fan. Um, but, but also like she's a project runway super fan, <laughs> you know? Um, so that that could be one of those ways, like one of those channels. Um, I definitely use Project Runway in that way. I'm 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 very into basics, um, into certain like special things, and so yeah, I haven't like Project Runway is such an outlet for this fantasy or this I idea of like a proximity to, to um to the, the things that I love. Like we always talk about that, but um, yeah. Um, also, I'm going to say, well, let me run through the pairs um, before I go into that. So we have Alexander, who gets Andrea, who he describes as curvy. And Alexander is really excited to get Andrea from Clearwater, who's not a Scientologist. And then we have Kate, who gets Alta Gracia. I love that name. I don't think I've ever met anyone named Alta Gracia. Um, 
And we have Brayden who has Jennifer. And Brayden describes Jennifer as, yeah, so I got the one who did need a makeover. And I was like, I think Jennifer needs a makeover. She is there. Anyway, so just, just saying that. So basically, just Jennifer is um, like an attractive blonde woman <laughs> who is like, seems to be like a standard sized person. Um, all right. So the rules are that they, they get 30 minutes to sketch. They're going to shop at Mood with their Uber Duber super fans. And they get two days for this challenge. So we have um, this time where they get to meet each other and introduce. And we also get a chance to see how the designers are opening up this conversation with these strangers. Um, what are you going to say? I just, I, I was getting excited about something that's coming up next. So okay. I, I will say. Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let me <laughs> like... know. Just let me know. Cause like, Feel free to stop me. Okay. Because I I love this part because these in these challenges, you get to see how designers get how designers are working with their customers and also how they're bringing them into their process. Because again, we all know this because we're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're I am I'm assuming that you're also a super fan. Um, we all know that there is this balance between how to please your client and also bring your voice into it. Um, but also, um, you know, under the very extreme conditions of this show, you have to form a relationship, a bond, a trust, um, and, uh, you know, do what you can. And so I feel like everyone's personality has really come out here because we have Kate who we know is very seasoned and working with brides. So she's a mainly an evening wear bridal designer and she asks Alta Gracia, like, what have you always wanted to dress like? And um, I really like that question a lot to just sort of an open ended thing, but also to play up this makeover or fantasy or something that you desire. Like, what do you desire, Alta Gracia? Like, how can I help? And then we have Dom with Jane Sarah. And Dom asks her first, like, so what are you self conscious about and what do you want to play up? And Jane Sarah's um, answer is great because she's like, I'm not self-conscious about anything. Like, I'm I love my body. I'm really great about I'm great on that. Um, And we don't get into the rest of the conversation. But, you know, so here we are. And then we have Justin and Tristan. And we learn that that Tristan is a Mormon who has lost a lot of weight. And so she so here's another balance. She's like, well, according to I want to I want to dress modestly because I'm a Mormon. It's important to me. And um, so nothing too revealing. And so so she kind of like leads him through like, OK, the, if the if I want to dress and it can only be this long and then this needs to be covered and blah, blah, blah. And I made a note of this because we just talked about this on Next in Fashion on the bonus episode. And I was like, here we are, someone who wants and desires modesty. And here we are with a designer and Justin self-identifies himself as a modest designer. He's like, I'm, I am more of a modest designer. So this is a really nice pairing. Um, anything you want to say right there, Patricia? Oh, I'm, I love this analysis. Yeah, I think it's it's exciting. I don't know if you wanted to add anything because I was like, modesty. Um, so for our Patreons, you you know what we're ranting about, um, what, that, what that is referencing. I, I, yeah, and I, I love how this comes up against these traditionally defined, and I wouldn't even say if they're traditional, but they're just sort of de facto acceptance of what constitutes sexy, what constitutes comfort, what yeah. constitutes confidence. Right? Yes. So I think when we have designers, um, and actually, well, anyway, any designer who 
is is working from an awareness that modesty is re- and modesty just means that you don't want to show all parts of your body all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to me, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, you know, so you don't need to dress like a pop star all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't mean you can't wear short things. It, 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 it means so many things. It mean, Maybe it means that if you're wearing a, uh, a long dress, maybe you want to have no sleeves or the reverse. Yeah. If you're wearing something that's a comfortable length for you maybe you want to cover up the sleeves you don't want to be showing too much all the time you know and um yeah so i really appreciate when um people's preferences and decisions come up against these expected norms yes and especially so again a project runway super fan who um has is deeply invested into this show and comes on as just like modesty, please, because I don't know if we've had any designers um, necessarily. You know, again, uh, uh, listener super fans, please correct me if you can think of any. Um, but yeah, to kind of be able to bring that into the show, uh, I, I, yeah, I, to- I totally think it's great. I think it happens after this, not before this. I think it does. Yeah. Um, thinking of Ayana Ife specifically, and I think we've had, um, she's, she's the one who's been, who's really stood out, I think, in, um, in the Project Runway, uh, franchise as like, like a really wonderful standout modest designer. All right. Next we have Brayden and his model, and she wants to be made into a New York City woman. And it's interesting how she's identifying a New York City woman. She's like, give me an edge like I could cut a bitch and I'm like where are you from like I feel like you're already from New York City okay okay do you think it's unfair of me to do you think it's unfair of me to say this person um Jennifer watches way too many housewives and that's Jennifer's idea of what a New York house like no okay that's that's not unfair but I do I I think there's like a whole array of things um, because or like Sex in the City, yes, Sex in the City. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think she's necessarily mean like drawing blood, but she's she just wants to look like an intimidating person. And I and and I'm wondering if she's projecting. I'm intimidated by New York City. I'm I'm intimidated by New York. What I think of New York City women, and I hope she watches Real Housewives of New York because. <laughs> oh my god that's not a great representation of new york we all know this you know real housewives I franchise is it. not normal but uh i i'm thinking oh this is fun i actually was thinking more of like um like devil's devil wears prada or you know stuff like that like people who are in okay. fashion industry like an Anne full and water looks like she could cut a bitch <laughs> right kind of like because that i was thinking i was thinking like, okay if you're not from new york city obviously people watch a lot of shows about new york city like there's so many shows that are based in new york city yeah a lot of yeah. them i haven't seen frazier i don't know or even like okay big shows like frazier friends what's the other show that everybody has seen that i have not it's a big big show is it 30 rock it's all from that era oh no from that era rock. i also i also have not seen that well, i've seen bits and pieces of that but i i'm not the biggest tina fey fan um so but oh, there's another show. It's it's Frasier. What's um? Oh no. Oh, it's like another surname. It's another surname. 
oh gosh, it's a big show that everybody has watched from that era. Is it? A... But all of those, like for example, um, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Like a show like Friends, those are not intimidating New York City women. They're mm-hmm. kind of like people who have who could who could be literally Friends could be could have been filmed anywhere, but it's just like New York is in the background and the jokes yeah. kind of support that. By the way, I've seen like two episodes of that. I've never, and I was like, why, why, why this? Never again. So, you know? like, maybe it but, is like Sex in the City or more like that. Because that very much is like a New York centric. And fashion driven. And fashion, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And a show which I oddly found super infantilizing. I, it's almost incomprehensible to me why somebody would find any of that empowering. I guess. Maybe the Samantha character mm-hmm. is empower like has more empowerment, but that character is often un- unfortunately and unfairly described as the slutty character, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm always like, wow, how do you? Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like, do we have any shows where there's like a big Wall Street wolf kind of female character that people could say, oh, it'd be like that? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there are. No, I just think I'm, you know, it could be billions, <laughs> but I don't watch billions. Um, uh, I've they, never seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, billions, they just eat too much on that show. I've tried and, um, you know, sorry, like I just, I'm so bad with mouth sounds. And that's the only reason why I can't watch that show. Anyway, all right. So let's, <laughs> it was such a long tangent. Sorry. Okay. So um, that, that is Brayden's model. Then we have Helen and Janie. We learned a little bit more about Janie, who we described before as like really tall, awkward. So she's a lawyer and she wants to feel elegant. And um, we also learn later that she's uh, she's she's a stay at home mom. Like she works from home and she's a full time mom. So she's a lawyer, but remote, which is I'm like, man, that is such a great option. (laughs) Just, you know, now because we're still in like pandemic mode. Um, and a lot of people are working from home. And so it's so um, interesting to kind of like note when like people who have been all who've already been able to work remote. Anyway, next we have Alexandria and she's working with Stephanie, who describes herself as an art history student. She's 20 and is thinking about life after college or also thinking about um, internships. So she wants something that she can go to an interview or go to a job in. Um, and what I love about this moment here is that Alexandria starts sketching and um, asks her, she's like, yeah, so like, what's your deal? How old are you? And Stephanie's like, oh my God, Alexandria is uh, scary. So I feel like um, Brayden's model might be describing Alexandria when she just like, make me to a New York City woman. She'd probably run into an Alexandria and mistake her for a New York City person and be like, that woman looks like she could cut a bitch. I want to be her um, because Stephanie is super intimidated <laughs> and Alexandria has no idea. She's just like, how about um, I give you these like huge, gigantic horizontal stripes across your middle. And Stephanie's like, um, I feel like that could make me look bigger. I am so afraid of you. I don't really know. And so, <laughs> so that we move on from there. Um, and then we have Ken and Susie. Susie is like make me something very project runway she wants it to be all about the fantasy and i'm instantly like susie is me susie is me she's just like i want 
I want you to do whatever you want. And I want, I want a project runway deal. I want you to just kind of design <laughs> your ass off. And then Ken's like, yeah, but, I, um, but I want you to be comfortable. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She's telling you she doesn't want to be comfortable. Also, do you ask her models that? And is it that you don't care how your models feel <laughs> in their clothes or you don't think about it. But Ken is like, I want her to be happy. So this is the the balance that Ken is trying to strike as someone who's not work used to working with how he has described it, actual women. And so he's, he's, he's scared because he, here he is with probably the most excited Uber duber fan in the room. By far, I think Susie is the most excited of all these excited people. And Ken's like, I don't want her dreams to fall through the cracks of the floor. I don't want to be the reason why she like hated this experience. And so I feel like he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. Um, and we can see it in this interaction here. I have to say that Susie was probably my favorite of all the my super fans. Actually, no. Okay, go ahead. I have two super two favorites, Susie and um, Andrea. Those two were I, I can't sw switch I can't choose between them I, because I yeah they, <laughs> I just love their excitement and how happy they are and how just how they're so not willing to take this for granted they're I so know. so happy they're and I feel so like I would lucky. be like both of them together if if it had been me like <laughs> I know I, there's like a moment there like you know when they're riding in the double decker bus when they pull up to Parsons and they see Tim Susie stands straight up like she before the bus stops and she's just like oh my god that's so good and I was like that's me that would be me that would totally be me even if I lived here I and I do you know what I do live here um and I you know even if I, I would, I, that would be me. That would just be me. I would stand straight up in a moving vehicle and scream Tim Gunn's name at the top of my lungs. I'd be like, oh my God, damn. Anyway, so, and I'm from LA and this is very un-LA. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care, but there's just a few people who I just would lose my shit over and Tim Gunn's one of them. All right, so. They go to Mood, which is so amazing. Um, so ha <laughs> so happy about this to see people who've never been in Mood before go to Mood for the first time. And um, shout out to Samelia Kolar, my original co-host, because um, for poor Samelia, there's this running joke because every time she's come to New York, we have tried to go to Mood <laughs> and it's always been closed for some reason. And so she's oh, never no. been inside Mood. And um, last week she posted this amazing um, photo of her in roller skates wearing a mood t-shirt because she ordered a mood t-shirt. It finally came. She's like, I've never been inside mood, but I finally got my shirt. And it's just sort of a running joke. And I'm like, oh, you know, when, when the world opens back up, you need, uh, you know, we're going to go to mood. Um, anyway. So it's just like, ugh, whatever. I love this moment. So. Um, Me too. Yeah, this is the part that I that I was kind of a, a, a bag of jumping beans and light bulbs about at the yeah. beginning of the podcast because I I love every time I go into mood, which is not often, but when I go in there, I do feel like I'm in a project runway set. <laughs> <laughs> I know you recognize the workers. Um, sometimes you see Swatch. It's just so I really do enjoy mood. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this moment. So. Um, Speaking of Swatch, um, so they get 45 minutes to kind of mosey around, but Swatch almost gets trampled. And I don't know who's protecting Swatch's body, but like, 
I don't know. It's like everyone's just kind of moving around and Swatch is like, oh, this is the worst day of my life. They're twice as many. I thought you all had gotten eliminated last week. Why are you back? And who are these other people who don't know how to move around my store? This is my store. Poor Swatch. Um, anyway, um, I thought in this, like, I thought Helen was a standout because she dragged her client through the store and um which was which was i think the right way of 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 kind of taking control of this moment um i would have gotten incredibly stressed out because you know the lay of the land um and i feel like brayden is probably a good contrast because brayden is sort of running around his client um she's just sort of like sitting around she doesn't know mood no one's really been in there except for the designers of course um, they kind of know what they want, but then you're shopping with your client. You have to, you're making a, making clothes for them. So what's the most efficient way of doing this? And so Helen is like, I'm just going to drag your ass to this section and we're going to look through here. And it's, it's fun. It's like, it's like a, like an amusement park. Um, I would have loved for a, a designer, a project runner designer to just drag me around mood and show me fabrics. That'd been great. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We have, Ken, who um, is, again, like struggling around and, and um, Susie finds this green fabric that she loves. Ken does not like it at all. His gut is saying it's ugly. Don't get it. But he goes against his gut and buys this fabric that he thinks is so ugly. I know. Uh, um. And I, I would say Ken came off as annoyed here um, because and I felt badly for Susie because she she loves this color and I kind of get it. Um, it's hard to go against her client um, and especially someone who exudes so much enthusiasm until kind of like burst her bubble a little bit. But also, I mean, I, you know, if you kind of know a super fan, um, I feel like the number one rule is you're the designer. I am but a, a lowly client. Um, the stakes are much higher for you than they are for me. So do whatever you want. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Ken had Ken had a lot of slack in the rope. And he just didn't take advantage of Susie, who's like, you know, probably be like, oh, my gosh, I got talked down by. I don't know. That's also part of the fan experience. Like someone told me that I have bad taste. Oh, my God, I love this. This is great. I don't know. It's I don't know. Any, any yeah, what were your you know I was really I was really worried for Ken at this point because I was like Ken, don't you know by now that you don't do well with things that you don't want to do? Yeah. <laughs> so I I really felt bad for them because I, I thought well Ken here you go again kind of resentfully making a choice that you don't want to make. Yes. When you probably you know and I feel like okay I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm I'm actually really stubborn, right? Mm -hmm. But I I I can't imagine how it would be to be making these fast decisions with a camera around for national television, right? Yeah. So yeah. this doesn't help the stress, but also you have so if Ken had just been more thoughtful about Ken, yes, I think Ken could have pulled through. But I think the stress of it all um, just didn't give Ken time and space to just think: Do I am I really going to do well? if I pick something yeah. that I don't want to do. That's a good point. Um, so I felt bad for both of them because I thought, Oh, Susie, you are so into, you are, 
you need someone to be on this wave of joy with you. And Ken is the grump of the group. <laughs> yeah. He's he can so be grumpy. Grump. He can be very grumpy. Yeah. Especially in the production stage of things. I right. think the way Ken creates can be very grumpy. And I have to say that like you, I'm yeah. In terms of how this is a pattern with Ken. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw it last episode where he wanted to get a print and saw everyone getting prints for the belt challenge and decided to again to go against his gut just to do something differently even though you know more than one designer can use a print if it's we've had print challenges so yeah yeah I'm I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out that's that's a good reminder all right so it's time to leave mood and we go back into the workroom and we we first hear from Justin, who's saying that um, he wants to do a conceptual modern dress that is a one of a kind piece for his model because you know this she's an uber duper super fan, and so he wants to make something that's custom made and something that she just definitely cannot get anywhere else, and something that no one else can have. So he asks her to leave him her autograph. Um, and so she writes out her name. She has really nice handwriting <laughs> and he's going to use this as inspiration for the dress, um, which is, I thought just really, really wonderful. Tim Gunn comes in to give them the lay of the land again, to remind them of the challenge, but also to introduce Johnny Lavoie, who we've been seeing and whose name I just didn't know until now. And Johnny Lavoie is the Scott Patrick of uh, hair. So so he's the L'Oreal consulting hairstylist. And he comes in. He's like, um, so I'm, we're going to do an individual consultation. <laughs> Ladies, I hope you're open to change because your makeover <laughs> is going to start with a hairstyle. And so, yes. So, again, head to toe transformation. Um and we so we go through our hair cons- consultation moment, which I just thought was just a lot of fun. And and it's mostly like product placement here. So I didn't really write down a lot of notes. Um, yeah. L'Oreal has a whole this. I think this is when their feria was coming out, blah, blah, blah. The the thing that I loved about this is that um, we have the woman who's uh, I forgot her name, but in her audition uh, video, she's like, look at my hair. It's mom hair. I need to be on this show. I don't want mom hair. So she sits in the chair and he's like, what would you like? He's like, I don't want mom hair. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's like, and so then they, they kind of go into that. Um, Brayden's model who's blonde just gets more blonde. <laughs> and then um, we have uh, the most drastic change. Clearly, clearly it's going to be Helen's lawyer model mom. And, he doesn't even go into any products. So Johnny Lavoy is just grabbing onto her hair and it's like, do you cut your own bangs? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, I do. I, I cut my own bangs, which is like an, a, an anathema or something. Like it just, you know, stops his heart. So he like grabs her hair, not like roughly, but he's just like, we're going to take all of this off because, and he pulls her bangs back. Like she has like, three inches of bangs in her on her forehead but she's like you have really nice bone structure you have a great face so uh we're just gonna chop all this off so it's like yay makeovers all right so 
time to go back to the workroom so we get a little more into what the designers actually making without their models there um ken is going to make a ship dress which i think is already the kiss of death because who else made a ship dress jeremy um jeremy went home i, I believe on a ship dress um and but he's going to do it in two different fabrics so he's got the green fabric that he calls like couch fabric and he's going to <laughs> he's going to put in some leather to kind of edge it up a little bit um we have brayden who is making a black dress with a black vest using very expensive silk that he bought so he blew his budget so i don't i don't remember what the suggested budget was um i don't believe we were given one but whatever it was brayden went way over that because he's like i've been like underspending so because i have my go bank card account that you know he kind of knows what he's been spending so he's just kind of like go on go, going all out for um his super fan who wants to again feel powerful and wants to cut a bitch um, we have Dom's model and <laughs> she's making a date dress <laughs> and bringing back the glamour into her life. Um, and then we have Anne Alexander, uh, who, which is like an uh-oh moment because he's going to make a suit. So we learned a little bit about it, Andrea, that she used to be a utility worker, meaning she had to spend a lot of time outside, probably wore... Um, a very functional uniform or something. And now she's inside working a corporate desk job and she has like dresses and everything like that. But when he asked her, what do you need? And she was like, I need a suit. She said immediately a suit, which I kind of think, yeah. um, um, I, and, Oh, a very important note about this challenge is that it's a two day challenge, but I think as a project runway super fan, I would not ask my designer for a suit because this is sort of a given that suits are hard and it's going to take a long time, but Alexander thinks he can do it. I I think Alexander is capable of it. Same. Same. Um, then we have Alexandria who's, um, she, she so Alexandria chose an, she calls it an abstract expressionist like piece of fabric for her model, but it's like, I don't know what you would describe this as. Ugly. Yeah. It's just like a I know, that's, that's... black print. No, it's ugly. That's it is. Of... It's very I, blah. I, I'll I... just say. Yeah. Um, but I'll just say that like, you know, um, um, everyone, everyone is sort of like, I think a little bit looser with this because it's great that they're, you know, it's been a long day, but they've been surrounded by new energy and they get two days, which is rare this season. So um, there is a little bit more of a flex time to, to kind of talk and, and socialize, but also maybe conceptualize what they're, what they're going to be making. Um, all right. So we go back to the refinery hotel and so when I when I when I foreshadow for you, Patricia, that I was hoping that you would not get certain episodes. This is the episode that I was hoping you wouldn't get. <laughs> this season, oh, I was not expecting this. I was yeah. like, oh my god. But one of our listeners, um, so sorry, I don't remember who, 
but was like, oh my gosh, when I voted for this episode or f- when I voted for this season, I had no idea that I was going to put you all through so much drama. I'm so sorry. Oh, but I'm like, it's okay. We this is also one of my favorite seasons. <laughs> it's just like, um, I totally forgot about the drama, and it's totally fine. You know, it's fine. I'm like, yeah. I you know, I'm like Patricia. I watch Housewives, so. You know, I'm kind of primed oh, right. for things like this, uh, <laughs> but Patricia's not. So I'm sorry, Patricia. So yeah, so they head back to the refinery, and I, I'm, I'm, dr- I'm want to know how you want to talk about this moment because it is another very volatile um, exchange involving Ken. Um, it's a very unfortunate and also understandably tense situation because. Everyone is 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 extremely exhausted. It's a high stress uh, challenge, you know. Um, there's there's a lot to to do, and I couldn't believe. So this is the scenario. Let me let me like lay it out. I couldn't believe that after a long freaking day of dealing with clients and having to make garments, that Brayden and Alexander have to move out of their hotel room. Or their apartment. Yeah. Because they're consolidating the boys because, you know, we've lost a lot of boys. And so Brayden and Alexander have to move in with Justin and Ken. And we hear from Ken's side that Ken doesn't want, Ken loves Justin. Ken, like, adores Justin and loves the um, camaraderie that they've all built up. Um, and especially with, with the... Uh, are are wonderful in kind of catty Jeremy. You know, I feel like they all kind of like had a, a really nice rapport. So Ken is already not happy that that they're getting new people. Um, and so what happens is Brayden and Alexander are trying to are are knocking um on Justin and Ken's door, trying to come in, but Ken is ironing right in front of the door, and blocking the hallway. So. Alexander comes in and kind of makes this really like catty quip like hey so uh I've got this big ass bag over here you're gonna have to move like and then I think Brayden pulls a roadrunner and goes meet meet you know kind of like or like a car <laughs> like like I'm I'm almost like I'm a little cute little Italian car meet meet um just kind of like so we we know from the very get-go that it's not super tense it's just like oh hey like can you move <laughs> Ken doesn't move Ken keeps ironing and sort of acknowledges them very slowly. And Ken's got his facial cream on. Like the whole bedroom routine has started. He's getting, he's probably ironing out his bow tie for the next day. La la la. Um, but he moves finally. And Alexander, who has built up a lot of anger over this, and you can see it all over his face, you know, um, pushes the ironing board very forcefully and like knocks over the ironing board or the ironing, um, the iron. And just, it becomes this huge thing where Ken goes into a rage and the production has to get um, pulled into this. So we see a couple of producers who are trying to calm Ken down. And I think what ends up happening is that Ken had to sleep in a separate room. Um, I would assume that he probably went to the room that Brayden and Alexander left and Justin and Ken, oh I mean, sorry, and Justin, Braden, and Alexander slept in the room without Ken that night. Um, it was just sort of upsetting to watch this again. And also, again, this is Ken's origin story on Project Runway because we have covered him a couple times on All Stars. 
And I I would say that this was probably the peak moment of Ken's um of Ken's arc on the show with his with his anger. Um and also because uh it, it we see how serious this was because the next day the designers are essentially in what I call detention. <laughs> so um I don't know if you had anything to say about that scene. Um Oh my gosh. It's like once again Ken is acting out. And once again, we have somebody willing to make it worse. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this is just like, oh, my goodness. And all I keep thinking about this is how really dangerous it is. Because I feel like by having somebody like Sandro, 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 yes. Sandro on the show, mm-hmm. who is cons- who is very physically, emotionally, just very willing to bully people around and to cross boundaries. Yeah. And to be like loud and vocal, that begins to set a tone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that I don't think I don't think Ken is like Sandro at all. But I think that um, I don't think Ken feels very comfortable in this whole environment at no. all. The peers, the whole circumstance. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, so I think that. Um, Ken is probably, I would say, probably used to acting out with people who understand that language and don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that it was appropriate. I think that Ken was very childish and very rude in this scene, and it was unnecessary and it was provocative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like Alexander had a choice. Yeah. Didn't need to make it worse. You know, yes. Like, let that settle over, have a conversation. Yeah. And that conversation is probably not going to go well the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but have another conversation. So I feel like this is just so painful to watch because I feel like it's all residual of a tone that has been set for this group dynamic mm-hmm. that I don't think is helping anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't well, had that on the let's say the girl side, like it's, it's been a lot of the boys, um, who, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. Um, and I, and I kind of point out Ken having like his whole facial routine thing, because Ken seems like a very particular type of person who likes things in a particular kind of way. And this is a stressful environment and not everyone has, um, adapted to it or has had a hard time adapting to it the way Ken has, um, and I, I totally agree that just like skills about de-escalation, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like, it, they kind of set themselves up, um, in terms of, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just co-signing everything you said in terms of how they've cast the show yeah. that they really did create this incredibly intense environment. Um, and they're probably just all over it. It's just like over it. Yeah. Well, we see also somebody from the crew kind of pull Ken aside and say, okay, Ken, please calm down for me. Please calm down for me. Yeah. Right. So somebody there did intervene in a correct way, but I feel like, my gosh, are we really leaving this up to the crew? Yes, they are. Because I feel like, I feel like, yes, they're all adults. Yes. They should all know better. All of them, including Ken, all of them should know better, but I feel like, I don't know, I guess I'm just 
um, sometimes, okay, there are ways in which I act that sometimes I get so annoyed when people, when I, people react to these ways as if they are gendered ways. Like, mm-hmm. for example, give, be patient, which is not even my strong suit. Patience is not my strong suit. I have to work really hard at it. But sometimes that is the only way to get through something, especially something like we just saw, right? Yeah. So, and I think sometimes that will to sort of, okay, I'm not going to react. I'm just going to be patient, have a conversation. This gets viewed as some kind of um, socialization or, or feminine or femininity or, oh, you're so, just so nice and polite or mm-hmm. whatever. Whereas I feel like <laughs> this is this is a crisis-informed way of reacting <laughs> to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So here I feel like there's such an absence of how to deal with unexpected circumstances for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is a big loss for everybody. A, a big, big, inter- a, a big personal loss for everybody involved. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, and then even, even then, then we also have like Justin who's, who says at the end, like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I can't take this. Um, Yeah. And it continues over into the next day. Um, The the designers are being held in a separate room. I I think this is the waiting room or the green room, you know, where they get dismissed from the runway. Um, Ken was brought in separately. So we have all the designers except for Ken. And... We have Tim who approaches Ken once he comes in first and is like, listen, I reviewed the tape and here we have like all the walls are being broken down. Like not only do we get to go behind the scenes with the super duper Uber fans, but we go behind the scenes of, of how they break down each day. And also how do you deal with, um, for instance, like an example of how do we deal with someone cheating? we're, we're learning about the rules of, of, um, of production and, and these contractual things. So it's serious enough where production, um, put together a tape and sent it to Tim and Tim, um, has had to decide what to do and how to move forward with this. And so Ken, so Tim asks Ken, um, you know, like, how are you? Like, what's, what's going on? And, uh, I just want to let you know that this is, this is what's happening that I saw the tape and um, I'm concerned and I, I, we need to go in there. And I think what's the, what the, the best thing for us to do is to have a conversation. And uh, because you had quite a temper tantrum, which is what it was like, it was, it was a temper tantrum. I think it was a good way of uh, yeah. uh, characterizing that. And he also acknowledged, he's like, Alexander's behavior was also unexcusable and and Ken kind of gets in some of like this was my temporary home like I which I you know not to be flippant about it but I feel like it's all like defensive bullshit um and it is an excuse like there's no fucking excuse for what went down in that hotel room on either side so who cares so um so we go into the room where all the designers are like looking like they're about to get suspended from high school um, they don't know what's going on because this is also the second day where they've just have not been able to go in the workroom or haven't been able to, to start work. Like the first day was like, oh, we get to meet these super fans. It's good news. But now on day two of, of their only 
uh, the rare day two challenge like most of it has to be spent with this conflict between ken and someone else this time being alexander unfortunately so so there's a little bit of a mediation here to kind of have a moment of reconciliation and or and to figure out as a group like how to move forward and to resolve this because um there are also some real people in there involved they can't just stop the show um there are (laughs) clients who are so freaking happy to be there so there are a lot of obligations going on that are I, I think in this episode kind of transcend the the, the normal obligations of Project Runway. Um, so Tim explains that Ken is going to live by himself. <laughs> Ken, which I which this is why it kind of clued me into how they were able to get through the night, um, and also why the designers were there. Uh, why all the designers except for Ken were already there. I, I was like, I feel like they really kind of quarantine Ken. So Ken from mo- moving forward uh, will not be rooming with anyone. Brayden, Justin and Alexander will be in a room together. And Ken kind of starts off as like, well, I don't want to be seen as the bully yeah. here. And I think Tim does a great job of holding Ken accountable and, and in a loving and gentle manner sort of using his position as like a, an, a genuinely caring and sympathetic person has like, Ken, you have an anger management problem. Um, and Ken's like, well, I woke up fine. He's like, yeah, sure. Y- you woke up fine. And Brandon's like, but I didn't wake up fine. Everyone in that room is shook. Like Justin shook. Yeah. Uh, Brayden sh- shook. Um, Alexander looks really contrite. Like Alexander looks embarrassed. Um, yeah. And so it's sort of like, no, the, there are consequences to your actions. Like you might be okay. And I do believe that Ken is like, well, I'm fine, but he's not fine. He still looks very, very angry. But like you said before, probably used to dealing with people who, who know how to handle him. And I, we already know like his mom and his, um, his pastor know how to handle him. You probably know, like, you know, family, whatever. Um, I have family like this and, I'll just say, like, we kind of know how to handle them. I know how to handle them. Yeah. But it's not okay. Same. It is not okay. No. So, go ahead. Yeah. And I just want to point out that Ken is also young. Ken is, yes. in a way, Ken annoys me in the same way that Christian Siriano annoyed me on the season yeah. with a lot of just, a lot of, like, just thoughtless behavior. Because you're yeah. young. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't think that... Christian, I mean, whatever. Christian was Christian, Ken is Ken, but I think Ken is also young, and I'm sure Ken is like this around family, and people say, we love you, babe, don't do that, and then mm-hmm. Ken understands the relationship, how to be, mm-hmm. and, and, and what are the limits of that. But here, I think nobody has really... It's not about relationship, and some groups mm-hmm. make it about relationship, and some mm-hmm. don't, and this group hasn't this is a very tense group from the yeah. beginning. And again, a tone was set. A tone was set. Yeah. And I think Ken was put in this awkward position. Oh, not to make excuses for Ken ever. But there's also the thing of like, oh, Sandro's being inappropriate. I'm going to stand up because I'm used to standing up. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that normalizes Ken's outbursts from there on, you know, because it's yeah. like, oh, I can do this. You know, this is needed. This yeah. is appropriate. And yeah. it's really not. Yeah, it's not um, anymore. I mean, Sandro's gone, like the person who was volatile, but it's 
yeah i think you're totally right there um yeah any other thoughts you look you look like you're gonna say something. no okay. no <laughs> sorry <laughs> no no i because i think here it's it's sort of like um I, I, I really paid attention to the ages after this. So I'm glad you mentioned his age because he's 24. Dom and Kate yeah. are also 24. You know, we lost Timothy, who was the youngest, I think, maybe also 24. Yes. But, you know, in terms of like uh, physical or physiology, like uh, your, your physiology, your development, he's not 25 yet. His frontal lobe is still floating around in front of his brain. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, none of us, I, like, not until you're 25 are you kind of, like, a real person. You know, I mean that, like, facetiously. But, you know, like, 24 is a rough age. <laughs> it's rough. It's, it's miss, you know, it's, he's still, like, forming. And so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Super, super young person, even though Ken comes off as this very well put together young man. Um, all right. So Alexandria comes in with her Scandinavian sensibility, which I, I really love. She's like, listen, all right, I've got an artist in there who wants me to make art for her. And I feel like mm. instead of wasting our time dealing with this emotional nonsense, can we get in there and put all of this energy into making fun things for these, in, like these idiotically excited people in there? <laughs> so... I kind of love that. She's like, these people are like happy. Can we just like <laughs> please them? Anyway, so um, they kind of come to a consensus to sort of like do that. And it seems like things are, are a little um, a bit better, but still tense as shit. <laughs> yeah. And Ken in his talking head is like, I came here to win it. I'm not going to let anyone stop me from my destiny. And I'm and I wrote in my notes. I'm like, but you're gonna stop yourself. No one else is gonna I do know. it. But you're gonna do it. So I know. And yeah. part of growing is understanding that, yeah. right? And yeah. oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone acknowledges their part. Alexander really did. You know, kind of like I, I acknowledge what I did. I made a mistake. Like I was not um, uh, unscathed in all of this, and. Uh, and what I what I didn't make a note of is that like so there hasn't been this kind of tension on the girl side. The boys have been the one who have been like fighting and blah 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 and are really kind of snippy and catty and you know calling out Jeremy even like you know Jeremy with his little like attitude. Um, Dom and Ken are clearly friends, and I also feel like in this moment that Dom is making an effort to interact with Ken as well. But also this is just like a show that they're. Like in the workroom, the workroom is probably the most, the least tense um, time in in the day for Ken. Also, um, what were you thinking? Yeah, I thought I I was like, go Dom. It takes a, it takes a lot of bigness of heart to read through all of this. Yeah. So I really I think Dom was the only person who demonstrated what I was talking about and what's needed, not just from Dom, but from everybody, you know, yes. it's to just, okay, take a pause, understand, find ways to support someone, even when you don't like what's happening. And I know it's really hard, but mm -hmm. Ken has a mouth mm -hmm. <laughs> and uses it inappropriately, but you know, Ken is not a fundamentally bad person. Yes. Right. So I don't know. Just thank you, Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And it sucks when that falls on one person. 
and it always does. I know. You know, um, and it's unfortunate, but, but also, I, I, anyway, sorry. I, yeah, no, no, no. It's like I understand. It's like Dom is the only one of the few people who hasn't really been like, I don't know. It, whatever. It's it's fine. Like like you know, it's like there's just so much tension going on. But you know, it's it's yeah. Um. All right. So now it's time for Tim to come in. Again, so we just had our, our like our our like caucus or our time in in the um in homeroom with Tim. So now Tim comes in for uh for for critique class, and the first person he stops by is Justin's work area, and Justin again has Tristan, and is using her autograph as a part of the dress, and Justin is leaning into his modest uh, aesthetic. And um, also is working on the hemline of the dress because that's kind of a requirement for her. It's really important. Tim says something that I was like, what? Tim says the skirts really shouldn't go lower than the lowest part of the knee. And okay. I, I love making skirts and I usually go mid-calf. Not yeah, calf. Yeah. I, is it I calf? like is that look too. Yeah. I was like, What? And I wrote in my notes, I'm like, oh, no, I go lower. Is that bad? Anyway, but I just thought that was a, an interesting little note from 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 Tim there. Then we have Alexandria, Alexander, sorry. And Alexander, of course, is making Andrea a suit. And Tim is sort of focusing on how it needs to be impeccably done. And that um, he needs to focus on, I believe, the, the top part, like the bodice is sort of looking a little off to, um, to Tim. Um but also it's probably the most important part because oh, there's so many scenes and so many darts, so many um, curves going on. And he's got this thing happening that already looks like a costume. I don't really know what you call that, but Jeremy made something very similar on hmm. the, um, it was a challenge where he was sort of doing an homage to his nan, where it looked kind of like a, like sort of like a like an old French jacket, like it had a, like a French flair to yeah. it, and it's so, yeah. it looks already like a costume. He's using such normal fabrics, but he's already managed to make it into a costume. I was real worried about this. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, okay, so next we have, I believe, Alexandria, and Tim is like, listen. You, you don't want to make her look my age. <laughs> I think you're going to Tim Gunn age. You're, you need to kind of maybe go in between. She's 20. Um, so he's already kind of seeing some issues with, with that outfit. Um, we go quickly to Kate, who's fine. You know, she's making this really, I thought, gorgeously olive green top with this um, matching lace material that's got a, um, some, uh, a lot of like transparency to it. It's really, looks really pretty to me and we don't spend a lot of time on her. So we already know she's fine. Um, we go to Brayden and here we only just kind of have a moment where Tim and Brayden talk about how like beautiful his model already is and how she's clearly the most good looking model in the room. And like everyone else is basically like, you know, an ugly ass. Like everyone else is just like kind of ugly compared to your model. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just like digging into like, well, like I've got a challenge. Cause like my model, <laughs> she doesn't need a makeover. <laughs> so what do I do? <laughs> like, come on, whatever. So 
these other like beautiful women also like whatever. All right. Next we have Dom. And another note from Tim. Dom's got this print that kind of looks like it's straight out of the 90s or 80s. I would say like 80s Florida. Like it's it's like something that you would see in Florida in the 80s. It's pastel. There's like some pinks in there. Um, there's some greens. I don't know what you thought about this print, but I did not like it at all. And this is the first time for me. I'm like, oh, man, Dom, I don't know about this print. And Tim also notes that large scale prints don't work well with women who are larger than a size 10 and who are petite because it overwhelms their overwhelms them or kind of like takes over. I don't know about yeah. that, but I don't like this print. So maybe that's those. Are I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it reminded me of like ugly hotel paintings or ugly lobby paintings. Yes, in Florida in the 80s. <laughs> or just anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like just ugly, ugly paintings that somebody made that yeah. you don't know anything about. Um, or I think it's really hard to make an ugly painting, by the way, but still, <laughs> they're made all the time. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we move on to Helen, who describes, again, her model as being more of like a wallflower. And again, Tim, Tim's wonderful tips. It's like she, she's he's he's like the world probably perceives her that way because of how she presents herself. But I and I think he was alluding to he's like, but she's not a wallflower. First of all, she she submitted an audition tape. This woman is not yeah. a wallflower. <laughs> But but it looks like one definitely, and Helen has like a, a a a mandate. She wants to make her into a bombshell, and so she's um a, specifically a bombshell worth a million bucks. So I love that. <laughs> anyway, so um then we have our uber duber super fans coming in with their hair done. They've already been to the salon and some of them have had drastic cuts so mainly helen's model all of that hair got chopped off um brayden's model also got like a kind of short pixie cut um almost like a peter pan um uh kind of kind of look and um yeah we also have of fitting here because this is like, this is incredibly important. And Dom points it out that because they don't know their bodies very well, they know their models. So this is, you know, episode 10, they don't really have to do that much work or put that much thought into it, but they have not been able to measure their models bodies and have, um, in with, with the garments, of course. So it's super important for them to kind of get things done. Oh man. All right. So Ken. Um Ken is fitting Susie, who again is the patron saint of the Church of Runway. All super fans. Um <laughs> she has un unfortunately totally kind of like messed Kim Ken over with this fabric that she's chosen but I would say that she's steering him into the right direction when she asks when he asks about the design and she's like you do you but I'm like you should have done that at Moo too anyway what were you going to say I was going to say 
correction, my dear. The fabric that Ken allowed Susie to choose. All right. Ken had a taken this. Yes. You know, yes. that's what bugs me about this whole thing. Like, Ken, just you, you made the choice was yours, dear. Yeah, the choice you're right. was yours, Ken. Right. You know. So anyway, just right. saying. Of course, the, of course, the super fan is super enthusiastic. I think if I think if Ken had found this print of like you know runny eggs off the sidewalk at mm-hmm. Mood, and that mm-hmm. was the whole print, these ugly pictures of eggs on the sidewalk, which would make somebody go, mm-hmm. I think the super fan would have gone, okay, sure. I know. We'll do this. You're right. Oh my god. Okay. You're we'll, right. We'll get a matching fascinator. You know what I mean? So You're right. I think the super fan would be up for anything and ken is just like wah wah okay <laughs> you want it okay you know and then he's gonna ken. blame her for it. i i do think like mentally he is blaming her he's like well she wanted it she wanted this couch fabric she wants this ugly ass fabric so it's her fault but you're I, right you're totally right yeah I don't, um, I don't know if i am it's just i think from reading this and i think ken is also blaming the stupid show i hate this show <laughs> i hate this show yeah. and it's like the show is going to be what you make of it. Yeah, you know, of course, agree. it's easy for me to be on the outside saying this. Had I been there, would I have been as would I have had this kind of clarity? Probably not. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? Maybe more clarity. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to be insensitive to how stressful this all is. But also, Ken, you had a choice. You made a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right. So we kind of see who's in trouble and who is OK. And I think the other person who's really struggling is Alexander. Alexander just looks straight into the camera and goes, I have so many alterations to do. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, any thoughts on this? I thought they were, it's really difficult for me to not look at Ken, Alexander, Justin, and Brayden as people who are still processing what just happened. Hmm. Uh, you know, in the room. So I think they're all very discombobulated. Yeah, um, I agree. And I and, and I think that Alexander is still guilty, remorseful, mm-hmm. shaken, uncomfortable. And I think it's all coming out in the design. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Because Alexander has been the like a very has been an executor. Maybe I haven't always liked what Alexander has made, but Alexander has been. Oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it. And here he's like, oh. He's questioning everything. Yeah. So I think that th- there's a lot beneath the surface that is not being communicated by Alexander, but mm. yeah. Yeah. Like this is really below the skill set of Alexander. So I think something's up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Not the model, um, it's the tension. All right. Well, um, my only, my last note about this time with the super fans is that, um, Susie gets a photo of her pantomiming sewing in the brother sewing room. And I was just like, that's what I would have done. I would totally (laughs) like get my picture, hugging a mannequin, get my picture, pulling from the belt wall, get my picture, sewing in the brother sewing room. I just love it. Anyway, just, I'm like, can you have the best fan? You're the best one. Anyway, All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of would have loved a montage of them doing all the fandery things instead of um, looking at the con- the hair consultation. I just know I know the hair consultation was important, but I just I'm like, can you just kind of show all the other things that these ladies did on set? Like, even pictures yeah. with the crew. Like, come on. Anyway. All right. Okay. So 
anything else to say about the end of this day before we go to the day of the runway? No. All right. So let's hit it. Day of the runway. Two hours to go. Um, we have people worried about things. Ken is worried about his what he's now called officially his couch dress. Um, we have uh, Alexander, of course, still struggling with um, with getting things together and also wonderfully handling his model, Andrea. So Andrea like loves to talk and he's so patient with her. He's still like trying to finish this unfinished garment and she's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys do all of this. This is crazy. He's like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right? I just have to get this stitch in. I have to like make sure I've got a gray bobbin. I've got to make sure that this is like, you don't, you barely have a garment, but I'm not going to let you know that I'm not finished with the garment. I'm just going to hear, I'm going to chat with you while you chat with me. It's just, it's wonderful. I don't know. It's, it's a lot to hold together. Um, they teach their models how to walk. So this is a wonderful moment where they're just kind of training them and also just nice to see them be able to coach these uh, these women who are obviously also just very nervous um, as we get closer to runway time. Let's get to the runway. Um, listeners, this is where you can click on the link in the show notes to get our cheat sheet. And it has all of our final looks from the designers in runway order. All right, so we have this wonderful sort of like back and forth because Heidi Klum is on the runway introducing the challenge to the special guest judges. But this is a super uber duper fan special. And so we get sort of this wonderful backstage look at our um, super fans lining up and the producers are like dabbing some of their tears of joy. I'm just like, oh, they're so nervous. And like, they're, oh, it's just so wonderful, whatever. I love this moment. Um, and I just love that they're kind of like honoring these, this, the experience of these people. It's just so fun. So Heidi introduces our regular degular judge, Zach Posen, judge singular, because we don't have Nina Garcia. She's not there instead. We have Zana Roberts Rossi, who is a senior fashion director of Marie Claire, um, and also, uh, you know, our our um, not our anti Tim sometimes on All Stars, <laughs> and then we also have Aaron Featherston, who is a fashion designer who I don't know, and I didn't look up, and I've never looked up all these years. And I was hoping Patricia's shaking. You're shaking your head no. You also don't know. Okay, all right. So we don't know who this lady is. <laughs> sorry, listener. I'm sorry to say. Also, just so <laughs> uninterested to find out. <laughs> I was sorry. too. Um, Erin Featherston actually looked like someone who um, you was a designer on the show, and I, I kind of was wondering if she was a, an alum, but she's not. But if if you guys, if, if any of the listeners know who I'm talking about, she's a dead ringer for another designer. And mm. so like, you know, let us know if you, if you agree with me. Okay. Tim Gunn is still there, even though he's already saved um, a, a designer, but it's still on, still on the runway. All right. So let's start the show. The first person up is Justin and um, Justin's model is Tristan. And I have to say all of these models walk so well and including Tristan really, really comfortable. And, um, uh, anyway, I like I, I really did like the use of the signature here. We have seen calligraphy before, of course, or I would say script, not calligraphy, but script before. Um, but I love the way this was used and before 
you know, Jeremy is the one who used a script um, or handwriting incorporated into the piece. And I think one of our biggest critiques was that it was so literal. And I think with Jer with Justin, um, Justin has incorporated this signature into the design. Um, and it's, it is, it is the graphic, but it's also, I think along, it's in the direction of um, how the garment is actually constructed. So I thought it was incorporated really wonderfully. I love this dress. Um, I thought it was so well made, meaning I thought it was so well made for the person who was wearing it. Yes, same. I thought it was styled really well, like those shoes with that dress. Yeah. And at first, okay, I have to say, throughout this whole process, I thought, oh, God, calligraphy. A signature <laughs> on the dress. Big deal. Yes. And then I see it, I'm like, oh, wow. That's really nice. And I actually really like how this relates visually to what Justin was doing with with the um, the glue mesh as inspired by water. How oh. it has this like playfulness of shape that's yeah. fluid and kind of, I mean, okay, this stitching is not transparent, but it's also not super solid, right? So kind of playing with these different, op opacity is not the right word, but non-solids. Yes. And so I really enjoyed that and I thought it was exactly what the model wanted Justin was happy so I thought this was very successful even though I would never wear this even if it was my signature I would never wear it but I thought it was very cool yeah I totally agree um like, very cool all right next we have Brayden and his model Jennifer who is the lady who apparently didn't need a makeover. So they cut all her hair off. <laughs> anyway, so um, she comes out and made what Brayden describes nice and flirty with a subtle, subtle shine. So he does have this black dress with patent leather strips um, that kind of are, I, I would say, situated in what might be pleats. Um, mm -hmm. And there's there are some epaulets around her shoulders. Um, uh, there's a jacket with epaulets. I guess that's what that's called, right? Um, they're kind of like black and shiny, and sort of matches um, the undergarment. I was actually surprised at how. Uh, I would say how boring the silhouette was, considering the jacket. So I liked. I thought the idea of the jacket was interesting, but I always, I love how when she was like, I don't want to look like I can cut a bitch that, um, Justin, I'm sorry, that Brayden thought, you know, I guess let's give her a peplum. So I'm like, is this what, a, is this a power peplum? I think we've already seen sort of like a cut a bitch dress from Ken with a power peplum. And I, I hmm. was just sort of let down by this and, and also including, the materials that he chose he chose very nice fabrics and i just kind of was a little let down by this outfit me too, me too for the same exact reasons it was very off the rack j crew yeah but you know fine, well made fine um i thought the jacket was more interesting yes i did same um okay next we have alexander and of course this is with Andrea and it's sort of like a nail biter because it's not finished. And Alexander's like, mm -mm, it's not lined. It's not done again. Great Walker, but oh man, it looks like it, looks, like it looks Alexander. It's like, come on, Alexander, come on. Don't do this. Like, yeah, I didn't like it. I thought the bottom part. So he's put organza 
as an overlay over parts of it in these random weird places. Like there's there's some like organza on her right shoulder. And this was his way of, he said, softening it up. But it just looked haphazard to me. And I thought the skirt was just so normal. Um, he could have whipped together, I think, like a better skirt than that. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it at all. I thought the color was also bad. I didn't understand a thing. I thought this is a very unfortunate decision everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. All right. Um, next on to Dom and her model's name is Jane Sarah. And I have to say, I thought that, of course, you can't see this on on the cheat sheet, but on the cheat sheet, I chose the an image where she's not wearing the jacket. I thought the jacket looked really nice, but I also thought that it walked better than it looked in the runway um, because she turns to the side and she does this profile and she's wearing these cute little boots. And I thought it's better moving than standing still. I would never buy this off the rack, I, I but I thought the high-low hem was really nice. And there is like a a deep V back to it that I thought was just so flattering. And um, I, th- I thought paired and styled with everything. It looked better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And I thought it fit the person really well. I don't like the print, but I thought it fit the person really well. Um, I found the silhouette very similar to what, what Brayden did. Just yes. sort of like... yeah very off the rack yeah and I thought oh my gosh Dom you have such a graphic eye like I know remember that um white or navy navy and white chevron dress that Dom made a couple of episodes oh, ago yeah. oh my god what the, the equality the sign yeah. the sort of the bow tie challenge yeah I thought that even with this print that I don't like I thought that Given just a little bit less pressure, I thought Dom could have played with the shapes in there and made a much more interesting neckline and back and backline that could have played off of the actual shapes that are in the print, as opposed to just slapping a V in the front and the back. Totally agree. You know, it could have been just more playful. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <sighs> okay, so next we have Kate with Alta Gracia, and I. This was one of my favorite outfits, <laughs> personally, because I thought it was so funky because I thought I, I didn't think the fit was amazing. I thought there was a little there, there were some issues with the fit, especially in the back. It was a little crafty, um, but it looked like the start of something that Kate was trying. And um, I thought the way she lined the arms and the neckline with this fabric where there was a little bit of modesty, but also showed a, showed a little bit um, has that thing that she's been doing. Not just her, but Alexander did it before where I guess this was a thing back in 2012 or 2011, whenever we're here, wherever we are, where there's like a little bit of like haphazardness to the hem and I thought there was a little bit too much going on there but I loved her leggings and how there was like a subtle olive in the let in the cut of the leggings it was just I thought so freaking cool um yeah yeah I, I liked it a lot agree. I love every element that was used here I just I agree with you entirely the fit um is not very flattering and I think even at the shoulders 
I think the way that this outfit is cut, the, the way the fabric is placed with this meshy thing, it makes the model, or it makes um, Altagracia. Um, I'm sorry, Altagracia look like Altagracia slumping forward, and Altagracia is not a slumper, oh, right? This person's walking, so it, it the yeah. top, the shoulders aren't well framed by this green fabric at the top, um, but I thought so much potential here i thought the waistline that was created is working really well yeah. but that but that top fitting and the back fitting was not great yeah the tights were fantastic and the styling is pretty good totally agree um i agree all right next we have um ken <laughs> with Susie, and it's just like ken ugh. so again we have these voiceovers happening while the runway's going and ken's like ugh, i hate what i made and I'm just like, listen, uh, he's like, it looks like a couch from the 70s. And I'm like, God, you totally failed yourself here. But Susie is like walking the shit out of this dress, <laughs> walking the shit out of her hair and is like, I mean, smiles abound. And and Heidi will say it later. She's like, you're my favorite model to watch today. And I'm like, she did such a good job job Susie it was so good and I have to say I thought the color looked really great under the lights the quality of the fabric is wrong it's totally wrong it's not just the color I think I actually do think the color looked good um in the camera but the quality of the fabric not for that shift dress and not for her body like no not for that not it wasn't supposed to be like this <laughs> never it never was I I love the beginning of Susie's segment because right behind the screen um, Susie makes this gesture with, with Susie's fingers that goes showtime ah! <laughs> before, before walking down and just being really psyched to be on the runway of Project Runway this was so wonderful to watch I, I love this person <laughs> I, no, I, just, I just rewound it and, and saw it she did like she did jazz hands she's like time to go on the stage I don't know this is so great I don't know I'm so excited Anyway, um, but yeah, she just had great, great, great energy. Um, great energy. And like that fabric, which looked so uncomfortable and scratchy. I know. Scratchy is right. It looked like a, it looked like upholstery fabric. Anyway. Um, yeah. Next we have, talk about energy. We have Helen and her model, Jamie. And I uh, thought, oh my God, this dress fits so well. Oh my gosh, no, I'm so sorry. I, I missed over Alexandria. So sorry. Okay, yeah, here's Alexandria. Um, Alexandria has Stephanie next. And Alexandria, as Stephanie is walking down the runway, Alexandria is saying that she thinks she listened really well to her client. And I'm just like, but you made a weirdly proportioned outfit. Like, it's just, it just it's just strange. It's, it's junior and also mature at the same time. Um, also, from the mm. neck up, her hair looks fucking fantastic. Um, it is fiery red. She has a perfect bang going on. She looks incredibly, um, I don't know, like, just, like, kind of, just way more modern than what she's wearing. Um, whatever Andrea's put her in, it's, again, once the, it's sort of like Andre Alexandria's aesthetic of, I don't understand what's going on, but it's interesting. This is also, I don't understand what's going on, and it's boring. But yeah, where are your thoughts? So, so, I, I didn't like this at all. And I thought 
my goodness, have you ever been on a job interview? Who shows up on a job interview with something that short? I know. I mean, like if you sit down, if you sit down, which you normally do in interviews, you don't, you're not standing up the whole time. Uh, it's probably not comfortable. No. You know, um, you're, you're totally right. I mean, it's, it's like she has a humongous waistband, which Alexandria is like, oh, that's a modern waistband. But it, all, it just kind of looks like there's a shirt coming underneath this jacket, which again is too short. She has a proportion problem with her outerwear. Where I'm like, I don't. Under- this is not functional. I want my jackets to go below my belly button. Why? Why is oh. it so high? Uh, and um, there's well, this weird pinch in the back too that I'm like, it, yes. it, it doesn't do anything for the shape. I was surprised. So you can't see on the chichi, but but behind, I don't even know what you would call that. But there's a gathering, you know, that that usually is to kind of um, uh, make an A line or a waist, and I, I don't really think it has a function it's it's purely um it looks like it's decorative because i don't think it's really functioning in the shape of the garment i don't know what were your thoughts yeah and i looked at this and i was like why are we looking is this like the nordic version of a cummerbund is this like the scandinavian cool cummerbund what Mm -hmm. is this what is this thing around the waist i don't get it um i thought this was unfortunately just very very off but I do think there's something about, well, anyway, I'll get into the, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it later when it's up, up close and too personal. Okay. Um, all right. So next we have Helen and Jamie who like slinks on out there. Um, just so <laughs> not like a wallflower, of course, like she, we already know she's not a wallflower, but also she's like working this dress, like a professional model. Um, it's the, the, so it's got this sweetheart, kind of pointy um neckline it's of course strapless it's very um i would say uh, demurely styled so there's not a lot going on up there which i thought was really great because there is some uh, lace overlay to that that edges out that neckline and then the bottom part is it's just kind of it's draped interestingly but i'm pretty sure this was such a fun thing to wear it is very flouncy and um and and drapey and she's kind of like showing off the movement of this dress in a really wonderful way there's a high low again happening in the front but i i liked it and i thought the back was a little bit of a throwaway because it, it, it just looks like it's just the remainder of the fabric is pinned to the 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 middle back and i'm like i wish there was something more interesting going on back there um that that kind of mirrored the front I totally agree with you, and I didn't think about it when I was looking at this, but now that you say it, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I love the color of this fabric. I love it. It's sort of like, it's like, it's sort of blue. It's a very dark blue, right? Yes. Yeah, it's it's really almost black. It's a really nice blue. I love that. And I really appreciated the um, Naomi Campbell level recovery after the slip up. Oh my God, I mean, pro. Pro, Jamie's a pro. Yeah, she almost tri- you know, she tripped not- walking up the steps going back. <laughs> yeah, but wonderfully did not take themselves too seriously. I was like, oh, check it out. I know, Later. so you good. Know. <laughs> oh my god, like just so great. It's like my favorite runway. Um, yeah, but any more to say before we go on to the judging portion? No, that's it. All right, that's it. Okay, so let's get to the judges and um. Heidi calls Kate and Dom because they are safe. 
So they head back to the green room um, to, to wait for the other designers. And the judges talk to our top scoring and our low scoring des- um, designers. And um, um, so going through them, like um, we have Justin first, who we learn. So he introduces and talks about the, the background, how his client Tristan is Mormon and um, gave him some requirements for her to um, uh, that were respectful um, and appropriate for her faith. And uh, and also that she lost she's lost a lot of weight and has some excess skin. And so Heidi's like, yeah, so like, did you make her Spanx? And he was like, no, I made her a corset. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a corset underneath there. That you can't really yeah. see. And I thought, wow, that is so well done. Um, and also must be so comfortable for her to to, to wear as well. Because I couldn't tell that there was a corset underneath. Um, yeah, they pretty much really liked this. And, and appreciated the signature. And um, also just sort of, you know, we fi- also learned that he, he used this on the embroidery machine. Um Justin knows how to embroider. It's really difficult to do this, I have to say. So um, this is really great. All right, yeah, ready? well done, Justin. Yeah. Um, I th- this this is like a rare time that we do get to hear from Justin. So this is really nice to hear him talk through his process because I feel like there's a lot going into all of his designs, but you don't always get to hear. Um, next we have Alexandria, and Heidi goes, Stephanie. I think maybe you loathe this look. Do you hate this look? I hate this look. Stephanie hates this look. It doesn't look hip or modern at all. Um, yeah. So like she kind of, um, I think like railroaded Stephanie into hating her own look. <laughs> I have to say. I think you're right. I think that Heidi absolutely did that. But also I think what Heidi has worn on job interviews is very different than what someone like, um, well, I'm just going to say it, me and you and Stephanie mm-hmm. have to wear <laughs> on job interviews because we have to sort of leverage our knowledge base, our professionalism mm-hmm. with whatever culture is going on in that office or space or place, mm-hmm. right? And we, if, and we work in creative professions, and I'm specifically mentioning you, me, and, and Stephanie because we all have some creativity in our profession. Yeah. But we can't look too kooky. We can't look too jazzy. We can't look, we can't walk into a job interview looking like today I was inspired by uh, the Bjork Swan dress. You know, we can't do that. We won't be taken seriously. People don't, won't think that we can handle our responsibilities. I know. So even though it does, it does look uninspired and sad, guess what? A lot of interview outfits have to be on the toned down side. I know. Of I mean, things. I like. Oh. I, you know, and for, for someone who like, I, when I apply for my grad school, when I, cause I, when I went, when I interviewed for grad school, um, I know I was the only person who showed up wearing something that you would wear for a corporate interview. Everyone else came up oh. looking real cool in jeans and boots. I just made note of everything. I'm just like, why? Like, okay. I look like I belong in an office and you guys look like you're going to, staples like what's happening like i don't understand (laughs) this is an interview and i feel like in those contacts it's it's kind of okay it's fine you know it's it's a you know artsy (laughs) art grad school (laughs) now i know but you're right um it 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 is sort of like a fine line 
and the context. And I think with with uh, Alexandria, what made it even worse is that she opened up that jacket to reveal like a gauze shirt she made underneath. There was some like white shirt. It was like a white shirt. I'm like, we have like dark gray and gray dark and like this this um this maroon and whatever. And you you're gonna put anyway. I just thought it was. It was not good. It was just like it got worse, and and Zana Rossi, Zana Roberts Rossi's eyes just like rolled into the back of her head. Like, oh my god, it got worse. Ugh, close the jacket. Um. All right. Okay. So next, let's. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Sorry. Um. Done. Okay. Um. So let's move on to Brayden, and Brayden says like he got a list of adjectives from his uh his model who wanted to look intimidating and powerful classy with a major edge. And um, then Heidi was like, why? And then Jessica's like, well, um, because I'm kind of soft-spoken and I'm like, change it up a bit. Right. You want to change it. You wanted to change it. And, and again, like Heidi railroading over the model, <laughs> this soft-spoken Jessica, or I'm sorry, not Jessica, Jennifer, who's like, um, because I come off as soft-spoken and I uh, change it up. You want something new? Yeah? Okay. Let me, uh, let me just like <laughs> walk all over you with my words. Anyway, so I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and yet, had I been in, in Jennifer's place, I would have been like, Heidi's talking to me. Heidi's paying attention to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so the host of the show I've been watching for so long is talking to me about what I want. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so the judges loved it. Um, I was I was surprised, but Zana thought that the um, I think she's the one who brought up the patent leather pieces that it looked kind of cheap to her, and and so did Zach. But Heidi liked it because there's some like sparkle there. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so next we have, I believe, Helen and Jamie. And Jane, and Helen explains that Jamie is an attorney who works from home. Blue is her favorite color. And then she hasn't cut her hair in 20 years and hadn't worn anything formal since the wedding. And she came to Project Runway with a mission. Knew what she wanted because Jamie opens her mouth and she's like, listen, I made it clear to her that we are not going for bridesmaids. Okay. We're going for Oscar dress. And I was like, you know what, Jamie, you need to be the producer of the challenges on these shows you need to be <laughs> hired by this company to uh to design straightforward challenges the way you walked up and rolled on to this uber duber super fan challenge and gave helen a clear clear mandate like this is what i want i love this i just loved it um yeah uh and, and then we have Good. um uh ken and Susie, and Okay, so Ken, I do believe Ken is our last designer, and oh no, no, he's not. Um, we have Ken and Susie, and Ken is explaining that Susie's a mom and doesn't really go out that much, and so he wants to do like a social events outfit. And I would, this is where Heidi says, like, you are the most fun to watch. And I also want to say something about like the too close to personal time, where I think Zana brought up you are better than this dress and I couldn't agree more because Susie is easily the most excited person to be there everyone it's like hands down was the best walker and um when Heidi points out 
that she doesn't like the green, Susie looks devastated. Like her whole face drops. And Ken, his face, Mm. I don't know if you agree with me, but Ken's face looked like, oh, shit. I agree. And I should, I really should have said something like, ah, no. Oh, no. Like he just kind of like had an oh, no face where he's like, oh, no, that's what I thought. Ah, shoot. And also about the neckline, like they really brought up that, you know, Heidi's on boob control or boob patrol again. Um, and this is sort of something that, you know, we as super fans know that she really is obsessed with breasts and the neckline and the, and the decolletage, if you have any. And it just wasn't, it was just kind of sad uh, or lackluster to be specific, very lackluster and very kind of like noncommittal, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this? Um, the same. I think maybe this, I, I thought the same thing. I thought maybe this was a moment where Ken thought I should have listened to myself. Yeah, totally. Um, no. Yeah, I think next we do have Alexander. I hope I didn't miss him. I think I might have missed Alexander. But um, we have so- Alexander. And um, Alexander was like, you know, Andrea came to me and was like, I, you need a suit. Uh, or I need a suit. I have plenty of dresses and I love my figure. So Zach Posen asks right away, did you finish it? And Alexander's like, nope, no, nope, I really fucked this one, Zach. I'm sorry. Like, cause the whole time Alexander's like, nope, it's bad. Yeah. I'm, I feel bad. Nope. There was no lining. No, you're right. And he's like, what about this part? Yeah, no, that part's bad too. Um, <laughs> poor Alexander. <laughs> Um, but yeah, time management was basically his main critique. They're like, you just didn't have time to do it. And, and this is where they brought out the whole Arganza thing and how there's, he was trying to break up with some graphics and I think he just made it harder for himself. He probably would have done better getting a print or hmm. something. Cause I feel like he, you know, to kind of do that is, is just adding more work, but he's totally owning up to how, how, how bad it is. So. Yeah. I thought I'd missed Alexander. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Anything else to say before we go to too close to personal? No. All right. But yeah, I, and I didn't write that much about too close to personal because I think, yeah, I just ma- mainly made a note of what they said to Susie. And I thought Xana's remark that you're better than this applied to all of the the models who ended up with the low the bottom scores like Andrea is better than that dress. Um, totally. And, and Susie is better than that dress. Who else was on the bottom? I don't wait. Who else didn't do so great? Oh, Alexander. Uh, um, Alexandria's model. So Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie's way better than that dress. Like her, I'm, I'm sorry. Like her hair and makeup were so, so edgy and so artsy, you know, like she, uh, totally could have done something. That was a little bit more Alexandria. This didn't seem Alexandria to me either. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. um, anything else from too close to personal? Um, no, I think I've already said it. Okay. All right. So it's time to bring all of the designers back out and Patricia. Who was yes. the winner? Um, the winner of this challenge, oh my gosh, you know, I have to like, oh, the winner of this challenge is Helen. Yes, it's Helen. Um, it's, it's Helen's fourth fourth win, right? I know, it's kind of crazy. 
I think it's her fourth. I was waiting for for them to say something when she went in the back and she didn't say it. And so I had a thought. I'm like, I think this is four. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a tie for the record for the number of wins. Um, all right. So, Patricia, do you want to ask me who's going home? Yes. Ernest, who goes home this week on Project Runway? It's between Alexander and Ken. And the person who's going home is Ken. Yeah. Yes. So in a way, it's I at first I was like, is this a production thing? Is this where production came in and was like, mm, nope. But no, I do think that Ken deserved to go home on this one, I have to say. And mm. yeah, it's an awkward goodbye, but I, f- I feel like we learn a lot more about Ken and his emotional state and who he is in the goodbye because it's kind yes. of awkward because again like yeah you know it's tense it's still tense and i do think it's dom who asks him like how he feels and he says honestly i'm relieved that shook i was like oh my gosh that explains everything about ken's behavior throughout this season yeah. right yeah I mean, it made me want to go back and watch everything again. I've, I, you know, I've watched, <laughs> but I think for him to admit that, and we do, we did get that moment during the, um, the shoe challenge where I thought a lot of his insecurities came through because of that quiz thing. He was just like, I'm in self-taught designer and these highly educated designers don't know their history, la la la. And here yeah. he admits to the room that he came into the competition so intimidated and everyone is shocked to hear that fucking shocked um they're like you really and i'm like this is what it looks like like this is sort of a manifestation of insecurity is ken's behavior and it makes sense to me and it's also so telling and so telling that he would admit it um Mm -hmm. so i i I, again i i it's like ken is so complicated and and very again like we talked about this i talked about this with nayland that Ken knows, knows that he, that he has a problem and, um, and also is actively addressing it and it's not perfect. And there are like failures, like major failures in that. But I think this and sort of admitting that he was ready, he was intimidated and also relieved to go was, was interesting um, and very telling. So Tim comes in and Tim is like, are you happy? <laughs> Um, and I don't remember if it was because of how the room was, like if he looked happy, but Kim was like, Kim's like, yeah, I am happy. And he says like Project Runway pushed him, um, pushed him to like, uh, you know, to, to places where I don't, you know, he, does, he didn't expect to go or, I, or perhaps to places that he needed to go. And he's happy with the experience overall. And I also think it's time for Ken to go also because of, the intensity and how tense it got like it was just kind of sort of better for him and 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 the crew <laughs> for him to go home and just kind of take some time but yeah no that's yeah, yeah. um sorry <laughs> no what were you gonna say i've talked enough <laughs> no 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 i'm here to hear you talk um i thought that this made me wonder well is tim when when we before Tim enters the room, is there some kind of live cam that happens mm-hmm. so Tim knows when to enter? Because how else would Tim know? Oh. Are you happy? I mean, that, that seems very odd of a question for Tim I to ask. So too. 
Yeah. You know, and I, wait, I'm fine with there being a live cam. That's totally fine. But it just made me wonder, like, what an unusual entrance for Tim. To, I mean, usually it's like, how are you feeling? How are mm-hmm. you doing? It's not, are you happy? You know? but I thought I thought this was very by the way this whole season unless it's been specifically pointed out I often forget that Ken is a self-taught designer it never comes up in my mind I know because we've had people with a lot more training doing just equally bad or worse things on the show you know at least for the first few episodes so it doesn't even it's not something that I've gone back to as like an explanation for anything but wow, what a different person once the pressure valve is off. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really... And also... No, no, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It kind of reminded me of Helen. Like, when we first meet Helen, who I think is 25 or, like, not very similar older. age to Ken. Not that much older. And yeah. kind of came in with, like, the black pointy nails and, and kind of being a little bit defensive and, like, oh, I know what I'm good at. And da-da-da. You know, it was very... Very similar attitudes, but expressed in so many different ways. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I'm a psych nerd, so I love all this. It, it just uh, like to be able to observe it. <laughs> You're so right. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's the end. Any anything else to say about this episode before? Okay. Well, then, Patricia. Anything you would like to share with our amazing listeners? And can you remind them how they can find you? Yes, uh, they can find me uh, or I can be found on Instagram and on Twitter with the same username, Sense and Sight, S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, and what about you, Renez? Where can we find you online? Yeah, you can find me online. Yeah, sure. Sometimes on Instagram <laughs> at Ernest, <laughs> H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E and on Twitter, um, same. And also on ErnestDavis.com. And it, of course, you can find us on um, the Workroom Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I have to say, and, um, you know, we had, a, I'm, I'm just, we just had like a blast this past, these past couple of days, uh, mostly talking about um, inaugural coats because uh, you know if you're a longtime listener then you know this but if you're new with us you you know that I love coats I love outerwear so much and so um just kind of just obsessed with with coats and I'm you know it's winter but whatever um yeah and uh I that's that's about it uh listeners y'all are great um I'm hoping that you're taking care of yourselves and that you are um, taking care of one another and still, you know, doing what you can to stay safe um, in the midst of this ongoing global pandemic. Um, Again, we want to hear from you. So if you have any, any, anything that we missed or any feedback about the show, again, again, if you sent in a tape for this episode, if you got onto this episode, if you know, if you have any gossip about this episode, please, please, please send us an email at in the workroom at gmail.com. I'm just, I'm just so nosy. I want to know. And um, we would love to discuss it on the podcast. All right. Um, all right. Oh man. Patricia, this is so great. Thanks so much. Thank you for bringing me back. Yeah. All right. So until next time, we will both say goodbye. Bye. Bye.